Welcome back. And we back with another one, another episode for you, Shark Tank Dynasty. What's going on, Cheese? And you know, you know it's been hot out here in the Bay Area. I've been melting my ass off. Oh man, you're telling me I'm out there in San Jose melting all day, triple digits. I'm talking over 100 degrees in the last few days and uh it's been crazy. I'm glad my office got some air conditioning. Yeah, man. You know, I'm born and raised in the Bay. I was calling all my friends this weekend like, right, do you guys have AC in your house? No. <laughs> you have AC? No. You have AC? No. Like, you, no one in the Bay Area has AC. It's crazy. Yeah, we're here in Millbrae, California, right now by uh, the SF airport. And this house does not have any air conditioner. So Cheese and I are sitting in a... 80 degrees hot box right now. It's feeling like a sauna. Yeah, it's a sauna room. Even got wooden walls like a sauna. <laughs> but yeah, geez, so uh, it's been hot out there. But how about that hard knock life with the Raiders being selected? Oh, yeah, I'm very excited to see the Raiders over here on Hard Knocks. It's going to be a great show. A.B. Gruden, then Incognito. Oh my god, perfect. See what Josh Jacobs is doing out there? Yeah, it's going to be. They have a star-studded cast out there. A lot of people are going to be watching different scenarios throughout the whole Raiders camp. I'm excited to watch a lot of those players and get to know more about that team. Uh, Derek Carr is somebody I already like, so I think he's going to be shining throughout the process. But yeah, can't wait for Hard Knocks. I think that starts August 6th, HBO. Be ready, because we're going to be talking about it. Yeah, it's going to be definitely better than minicamp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. So Cheese cheese has never watched Hard Knocks, he, he told me. So I've been trying to get him on the, the Hard Knocks train, the Hard Knocks life, if you will. Oh, yeah. I mean, most of the teams, they just suck. The ones aren't Hard Knocks, so I never wanted to watch them. Like, the Browns last year, like, before they Baker emerged, you're like, Nah, like, I don't know. When you watched wasn't... Hard Knocks, you can tell that team had a lot of charisma. There was a lot of guys on that team that uh, showed that they were leaders. Jarvis Landry was awesome on the series. Baker Mayfield. Uh, Jack Dorsey was fun to watch. And, uh, yeah, I, I really like it. Highly suggested cheese. Check it out. I'm glad Landry was awesome on the series because he's not going to be awesome in fantasy this year. Because uh, <laughs> we got that $50 bet, Hollywood <laughs> Brown versus Jarvis Landry. And I know a few of you wanted to piggyback on that. So uh, you hear cheese still talking that shit. Get on him at the chat. <laughs> at him. Let him know something. Put 10 on it, 20 on it. All right, so what's, what's on the agenda today, man? What are we doing? Yeah, so today we're going to be talking about um, a few different things. We're going to be talking about some off-season additions, both being coaching additions, and also uh, we're going to talk about some of our favorite wide receivers and running backs that have new teams and uh, new opportunities with those new teams. So we'll go over that. We're also going to take questions, of course. Thank you for sending those in. And uh, yeah, there's lots of questions, man. Somebody keeps asking questions about the same person. Oh, I wonder who that is. 
we'll we'll get to that uh, toward more towards the end of the show. But um, first, let's talk about some of these transactions that have been happening in our league. Oh yeah, you know we always got to start with the recent transactions, the top five. Um, and yeah, let, let's go ahead and talk about it. Well, I see Nyquil making a lot of drops, a lot of drops, man. Some of these players are might be pick upable. Um, he made those drops because he had that crazy trade. Um, before that, we have a couple moves here. Yeah, let's start with the first one. I mean, we got the Panda picking up Braxton Berrios. I've never even heard of this guy. And that's <laughs> saying something. Like, I, I do my research, and I've never heard of this guy. But uh, he's a white wide receiver on the Patriots. So I think okay. Panda's just okay. going for the stereotype there with that one. <laughs> Hoping he's picking up the next Julian Edelman or the next Wes Welker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so Panda, he's dropping um, Butler, picking up Barrios. Panda digging deep in the well, digging deep in the free agency pool. Um, yeah, Sean, so. Uh, so next next after that, let's talk about all these drops NyQuil did. Um Ted Ginn Jr. He he might be fantasy relevant this year. Corey Coleman, also possibly fantasy relevant this year. And Albert Wilson. I mean, I would say most of those guys are the same type of tier. You're like a wide receiver six or something. Yeah, they're <laughs> like, deep. You're digging deep. But, you know, it, it's addable for some 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 of these teams out here. Yeah, some of these teams still holding on to uh, a lot of... Oh, I love trash. And it's time to move on from that trash. There, There's better things out there on the waiver wire, courtesy of NyQuil. So shout out to him. Shout out NyQuil. Yeah, uh, let's talk about this, uh, this trade. Oh, man. That trade is a blockbuster. It sure is, man. Talk about making some... Uh, big like whoa that was out of the blue yeah that that was a big move out of the blue i ended up waking up to that trade but yeah let, let's talk about this trade see those little black boxes they're called telephones i'm gonna let you on a little secret about these telephones they're not gonna dial themselves okay without you they're just worthless hunks of plastic like a loaded m16 without a trained marine to pull the trigger the in the case of the telephone, it's up to each and every one of you, my highly trained Stratonites, my killers, my killers who will not take no for an answer, my fucking warriors, who will not hang up the phone until their client either buys or fucking dies! I'm sure that's how Marv was selling that trade. You either gonna buy or fucking die. Yeah, I mean Marv picked up Brandon Cooks, DJ, and Tyrell Williams. He needed DJ back. Ooh. He he was missing him dearly after carrying him to the semifinals along with Julio Jones and yeah. company. Yeah. Uh he did give up Tyree Kill. What what do you think is what do you think's gonna happen? 
with Tyreek Hill? What do you think? What do you think is going on there? Um, well, shoot, it's honestly it's a fifty-fifty thing for me. I think there's a fifty percent chance that he can be put on some type of exempt list or just be flat out suspended, and uh, or he might nothing might happen and he might be able to just play week one and we all blew it out of proportion. Yeah, I think we're just gonna have to wait on that. It's just you have to wait it out, see what really is gonna happen there. Yeah, it's crazy. He's been traded so many times in this league in the off season with so many question marks. I have him in the other dynasty league, and I've held him on to him this whole off season because I knew I wouldn't get fair value if I were to try to trade him off. So I'm glad I was able to hold on to him and uh, you know. Yes. see what happens now speaking on that i mean sometimes like all this news you don't want to overreact like when you overreact you could just get rid of like a startable player like i could drop gronk and he could just come back and start before the season starts yeah. and he's not active right now it's like players like that sometimes you just don't want to overreact let's talk about the rest of these players on here man Corey davis curtis samuel royce freeman miles sanders jordan howard how you feeling like, which side would you rather have? Um, I would take Marv's side. Um, NyQuil, like I said on the chat, NyQuil got a lot of upside on that, on his package there. But I'm going to go with what we know. And um, I would take David Johnson in what looks to be a very promising, productive season. Brandon Cooks, who I love. He's from the 209, like I am. And uh, Tyrell Williams, he was kind of a throw-in at that point. But... Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, what we know, and that's David Johnson and Brandon Cooks versus a whole lot of question marks on the other side. What I do like about uh, Joel's side of the trade is that with all these moves, I mean, I'm looking at his team, and it increases bench like death so much. And he has Curtis Samuel on the bench, Chris Carson on the bench, and some of these guys are interchangeable, like Corey Davis, um, Devin Funches, Robinson, Calvin Ridley, there is it's all it's all like in the same type of range, and they're all there. Any of them could could have a big week, and that, I think it's a good move for his team. Yeah, I could definitely see that because some of those guys have big potential, and if they if they hit, then uh, Joel definitely filled up his depth with uh, getting rid of a couple pieces, which isn't a bad move. But yeah, for now I'll take Marv's side. Which side would you like? I mean, for the team-wise, I, li- I like what it did to Joel's team. I mean, like, a lot of these teams, like, the quality of your players fall off so much because we're in a dynasty league. And he just increased his whole bench, like, massively from all these, like, unknown rookies, like, <laughs> to just startable players. Everyone on his team is startable at the moment. Yeah, they, they all do look startable except for uh... – you know, Tyreek Hill, we don't know what's going to happen if he's going to be playing. I think Jordan Howard's going to be losing touches by midseason. He'll be phased out uh, by the end of the season, I think. Royce Freeman is a backup right now. Philip Lindsay has that job until further notice. Not necessarily. Uh, Curtis Samuel, wide receiver too, until further notice. In an offense that heavily features a running back, gets 100 receptions a, a season. Corey Davis is in a... Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's stop it right there. 100 receptions a season. He is on pace for over 100, but he, he's been in the 90s. Okay, I'm just saying. Those over numbers are going to come... 
down this year with Cam Newton with the healthy shoulder. The only reason CMC got so many receptions last year because Cam couldn't throw four, more than 15 yards. Yeah, but like I said, I'm going to go off what I know right now. You're going off what-if situations. I'm well, going to go off what Well, they got the Scarlet guy back there. Don't forget about rookie. him. He could <laughs> yeah. come and get some passing I'm gonna, down I'm work. Gonna go, I'm going to go off with the, what I saw last season. But anyways, uh, Corey Davis in an offense where I want no part of the passing offense there. So he just got a bunch of what-if players. And it could be it could work out for him, but we'll have to see. All right, let's talk about uh, the last couple moves over here. The right clones. We got the right clones here picking up a real nice piece. Rhino, everybody knows. You got one tail, four feet, twelve toes. Mr. Rhino, look what grows. Two big horns on the tip of your nose. Yeah, we got the rhinos picking up. The chips, the the pop, the pop. <laughs> Once you pop, you don't stop, man. Hey, Pick when I up. go to the gas station <laughs> and I, you know, I'm sick of having the Cheetos, I'm sick of the Doritos, and I see that random can of Pringles sitting there. Sometimes that's a good decision. I like picking up the the Pringle. Yeah, the but st- what surprised me was not the Pringles, which is the guy he dropped. <laughs> Davy Crockett? Like, who is this guy? <laughs> Rhino's digging deep like the panda. These guys, they, they've been scouting them since he's a youngin'. At, he's at Frontierland? You got this guy from Frontierland at Disneyland? Like, who is this guy? He picks up one character for another. Uh, the Pringle. Yeah, I mean, what a great name for fantasy football. You could just have so many different ways to spin that and... Make it a fun team name. I know you're a big fan of changing your team name according to who's on your roster. So The Patriots? <laughs> I'd be scared to play the Patriots any week of the week. See, you know. <laughs> Cheese loves changing his name. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, the Pringle, he's a boomer bust candidate, and he picked him up for free, so I think it's a good pickup. Just wait until the season starts, and then you might be playing me one week. And, and somebody, you're with somebody. And you, I don't know. Maybe you're on the phone. Who who knows? And they're like, yeah, uh, how are your fantasy doing? Who are you playing this week? Oh, I'm playing the Patriots. <laughs> I, was just, I was just waiting for you to say that during the season. Good good luck. Good luck being the Patriots. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see who's going to be uh, winning these games, the head-up matchups between you and I. Hopefully I play you more than once this season because I want to beat you twice. Okay. Or maybe even three times if I see you in the playoffs. Oh, you know, I'm in the playoffs. The Patriots never not make the playoffs. And when we get in the playoffs, we win. Let's see if Gurley could last until the playoffs. Oh, that they're making sure he will. You heard you heard about the news coming out about Gurley, right? Ten touches a game. Oh, they weren't talking about ten <laughs> touches a game. They're gonna preserve no news about that. <laughs> they wanna preserve his workload. He's he's dropping weight. What piece of news do you want to talk about? Oh, you know, the knee's going to hold up. Like you said, he's dropping weight. He's going to be real light on that knee. They're going to they're gonna give him a little bit less work. They're not going to give him 25 touches a game, 20 touches a game. He's going to be getting like 15, 16, 17 touches a game, and that's going to be very productive for Toddzilla. Toddzilla, the question is... The king of the running backs. 
<laughs> the question is, is it sustainable? 17 touches a game, I think, is fair, but can he last a whole season on that knee with 17 touches a game, or does his workload get decreased throughout the season? Well, we'll see. There's only one way to find out. That's to watch the NFL season. Oh, yeah. You know, we can't wait for it. We're counting down the days. But, yeah, I think that uh, pretty much wraps it up for our free agent frenzy here. So uh, let's dive into the off-season pickups. Shark Tank Dynasty Edition. What you picking up, man? Who, who's your what? What's your favorite off-season weights that you that you lift in this off-season? Ah, off-season additions. Yeah. Which ones do I like the best? I'm coming in with a running back, and this one, you know, he's he's kind of under the radar as far as fantasy. He's going mid-round and redraft. I didn't want to reach for the stars on this in particular position i chose tevin coleman coming to the san francisco 49ers yeah that's your team the niners how you like the addition of tevin coleman over there at that three-headed backfield i'm loving i'm loving it because i love what i saw with uh kyle shanahan and tevin coleman back with the falcons when they went to the super bowl with that historic offense and tevin coleman was a featured back in that offense with Devontae Freeman, and I feel like that's what started the trend with the two running backs. The thunder and the lightning. <laughs> and now the 49ers just found lightning in free agency. Late in free agency. Got him two-year, $10 million deal, which is very modest. But for a running back, $5 million a year, he's going to get used. And, uh, yeah, let's talk about that historic season that he had with the Falcons back in 2016. Tell me about it. He had 520 yards on the ground. That's off 118 carries, 4.4 yards per carry. So he held his own on the ground, had about, you know, a little over 500 yards rushing and eight touchdowns on the ground as well. So he was getting it on the ground, ton of fantasy production right there. But also, 31 catches for 421 yards. So he was just under 1,000 all-purpose yards. This is his second year in the league, sharing a backfield. He was hyper-efficient with 4.4 rushing yards per carry, 13.6 receiving yards per reception. And then he adds three touchdowns through the air, totaling 11 touchdowns on the season. Damn. Yeah, so he had a great season, especially for PPR leagues, which we are in. I'm loving the outlook for Tevin Coleman, um, especially because a lot of these running backs that the Niners re-signed are all injured. Matt Breida's banged up. Raheem Mostert banged up. McKinnon coming back from an injury. And I just like Tevin Coleman's opportunity there, especially with proven production from Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, we we know we know Coleman's gonna come in. He's been nice before. He stepped up for Devontae Freeman, but do you think he's gonna be the lead back there? I I you know what I thought it was Matt Breda earlier this off season, but seeing that he had to go through surgery and he's working through rehab from his pec, I think that gives an opportunity for someone else to step in and take those first team reps. And the more Tevin Coleman gets acclimated with his new team, I think the more that they're going to want him out there because he's very explosive. 
All right, if you if you had to take the most touches by the end of the season, rate the three Niners running backs. I'm going Tevin Coleman, Matt Breda, Jarek McKinnon. Okay, really? Yeah. Really? McKinnon McKinnon the, the least. Yes, McKinnon the least uh, just because I think he is not fully recovered just yet. And um, I think that Matt Breda warrants touches for what he did last year, especially being injured all year. And as long as he's healthy, uh, week one, I expect him to be in there with Tevin Coleman almost splitting work, but Tevin Coleman will be getting, uh, you know, maybe one or two more carries and receiving work, I think. So, yeah, I think it ends up being Coleman, Breda, McKinnon. All right, all right. Now let's let's talk about my running back. Now this guy right here, he had a he had a pretty good end of the season last year, man. He played in the Super Bowl. This guy, C.J. Anderson. C.J. Anderson. Yeah, man. C.J. Man, how'd you like C.J. on the Rams? Man, I I love C.J. Man, let me a little a couple fun facts about C.J. Anderson. One from Vallejo, seven oh seven representative. Two, he is related to Mac Dre, the late and great. Yee. Yee. And uh, also another fun fact is he loves Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay. And a running back that loves Sonic the Hedgehog and wants to run like Sonic, man, I could get behind. So CJ, he could steal carries from Carry On over there in Detroit. I loved him in LA, and I think that uh, Detroit saw saw what he did in the playoffs and said, "Hey, there's still tread on those tires. He can make a difference." Oh yeah, let's talk about. But this is the role I feel like CJ is filling. He's filling that Legarrette Blunt role, and let's talk about Legarrette Blunt last season on Detroit. Legarrette Blunt last season on Detroit, 154 carries, 2.7 yards an attempt. <sighs> Horrendous. 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 C.J. Anderson, last year when he was on the Rams, he was getting seven yards an attempt. I mean, obviously, that, that number's going to come down. Um, but but he's going he's gonna to be, if he's in the four, little four, three and a half, four, maybe rushing attempt range, he, he's going to outdo LeGarrette Blunt's numbers, which was like 400 yards last season. He's going to be in that seven, 800-yard range. Which is definitely startable, and he's going to begin that goal line work. And, and CJ with maybe like five, six, seven, eight touchdowns, he's going to be a very nice player next season to have. Yeah, and he's damn near free in your redraft fantasy football league. So, Cheese mm-hmm. is giving you a deep sleeper there. Yeah, uh, I mean, is there anything you don't like about CJ? That move? Um, I think. For CJ, I if I could have chosen, I would have liked him to stay on the Rams oh, rather of than course. right, right. Yeah, so of course. if I were to look at it in that lens, um, I would rather him stay on his last team than the new team. But at the same time, this is not worst case scenario. Carry on Johnson, he looks like a promising back to handle the full workload, but he's yet to show that he can do so. And uh, CJ Anderson can easily step in there and pick up the load he showed that last season when Todd Gurley was going down yeah uh yeah man let's talk about these receivers though what what kind of receivers are picking up these 50 50 pounders man and, and just throwing them in the air who's the best pickups of the offseason for receiver what you got over there 
Oh, you want to talk about what I got first, or do you want to go? You want you want me to let me know some? Yeah, let let me know some. That that's fair because mine's the more obvious one. Y'all know who I'm going to talk about. My favorite wide receiver offseason addition, Mr. Odell Beckham Jr. Oh God, traded to the. <laughs> Browns. You would talk about some fully loaded shit, would you? Oh, you know I would. <laughs> and speaking of some fully loaded shit. He found me not to The champ is here, oh and you knew God. I was going to talk about Odell Beckham Jr. At least you only got one season to be the champ. It's not happening again, man. <laughs> I know. You guys are probably sick of me by now, and it's only June, so you got a long way to go. <laughs> oh, man. I remember when I was trying to pick up the belt from Cheese, and he was trying to hold on to it like, bruh, I hadn't even had it that long. <laughs> My name ain't even on it yet. Oh, yeah. We need to get that done. Come on, Shark. Commish, you lacking on your commish duties. We we're missing a shirt from you. We're missing engraving. We we got to get this done. But anyways, back to my wide receiver off season edition. Um, traded to the Browns. Let's talk about the compensation in exchange for the seventeenth overall pick, the ninety fifth overall pick, which is in the third round, and Jabril Peppers for Odell Beckham Jr. Now. I mean, for the Browns, I think this is an excellent addition. He's I think the best addition Odell did was that Odell on his car on the Rolls Royce. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> was the clean. Catch. With the catch. That was clean. Cheese posted that in the chat. That was Browns colors, wasn't it? Yeah. Cleveland. Yeah, he had it decked out. But, yeah, you just bring a huge piece to your marketing team. This guy's going to sell jerseys, put people in the seats, get people excited, and he's – on pace to be one of the best wide receivers we've seen. So uh, let's talk about Odell Beckham. But first, don't take it from me. Take it from his coach. He said, the first thing I'm going to say to him is, I love you, and teach me how to catch the ball with one hand. That, that <laughs> sounds like an excited coach for his new offensive weapon. And Odell Beckham, season, career numbers. He's played in five seasons. Career numbers, beast. Career numbers. <laughs> beast. Beast. Yeah. Beast and feast. <laughs> so we know Odell Beckham hasn't exactly been healthy his whole career. He missed a good chunk of his rookie season. And he missed almost a whole season a couple years back. And despite that, he played in 56 games in five seasons. 390 catches over that time for 5,476 yards and 44 touchdowns. And that's in 56 games. So he's at like 90 plus yards a game. And he's, he's just consistent. He's looking at around nine touchdowns per season and that's with one season being out almost the whole time 
So I'm excited for him to step into this explosive Browns offense led by Baker Mayfield. Todd Munkin, another new addition we'll be getting into later, who led uh, Tampa Bay's passing attack last season. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to watch Odell Beckham tag team with those two guys. I mean, let, let me talk about Tampa Bay really quick. Just that, that little addition there. Number one passing attack in the league with two different quarterbacks. Unstable. Mike Evans was the wide receiver one on that team. And he had 86 catches for 1,524 yards and eight touchdowns. Yeah, he went ham last season. He went off last season. And imagine Odell Beckham. In a similar offense with explosive weapons everywhere, guys that can stretch the field, guys in the middle of the field, he's he's just upgraded everywhere. And Odell Beckham is going to find himself in more situations where he's not triple teamed. I'm excited, man. <laughs> As a shareholder of Odell Beckham, I cannot wait to watch him on the Browns this season. But out of all the offseason, I mean, I'm not going to take Antonio Brown in this, but who do you think is going to have – a better a better season. I'm taking my guy, Odell Beckham Jr. Well, I know you're taking your guy, but like fantasy-wise, who do you think more receptions, A.B. or Odell? Okay, more receptions. I can see A.B. getting more receptions. He's going to yards. be yards. A.B. or Odell? I'm going to go Odell Beckham on yards. Okay. Do you think it's going to be close? you think Derek Carr is going to throw the ball a lot more? A.B. is going to be open? Absolutely. You yeah. know he's that A.B. over 1,000 yards? Absolutely. I think Odell Beckham eclipses, like, he 1,700. Like, if Mike Evans is going for 1,500. Oh. The only thing I have to say about that is that last season when the Browns were up, yeah, I mean, okay, the difference is on Tampa Bay, they were airing it out. They were down in games. They were airing it out. But – Last year, when the Browns were up, they would run the ball. They would run the clock out. And I'm not sure if they're going to just keep airing it out like all game. Hey, last season, they brought this guy Todd Munkin in for a reason. This guy, number one passing offense last season, he does not let off the gas pedal. And that's what Freddie Kitchens want. I mean, if you can't take the heat, stay out the kitchen. (laughs) So it's going to be fun to watch, man. I think the Browns are going to be pouring it on and everyone was making fun of them for years, a laughing stock. And now they finally get to pour on some points and you're telling me they're not going to do it. Oh man. I think Odell Beckham is in for a humongous season could be historic. And uh, I can't wait. I I love Odell on the Browns. I just personally don't think that I mean, the the way I feel like the Browns play ball is they have a great defense. They're going to apply pressure. They're going to run the ball. I mean, Odell is nice, but he's not going to have a prolific, historic 1,500-yard season. I just don't see him getting work like that. Whereas Baker last season, it seems like Baker doesn't even throw to a number one receiver. He throws to whoever's open. He really like, didn't he, have a number one receiver. Jarvis has been a slot receiver throughout his career. That's where he excels, and that's where he's going to go back to. Now, Baker gets a prolific number one wide receiver that could make all the catches and take slants to the house. That's that's what I'm excited to watch is even on those simple routes, like you're saying, Odell Beckham has the potential to take those to the crib. He sure does. Yeah, Odell's but, nasty, man. I'm not knocking Odell. You can't knock Odell. No, no. I do like Antonio Brown this year also. Like, he was a close second for me. But, you know, if I'm going to pick between the two guys, I'm going to choose mine. And uh, 
Yeah, I think Antonio Brown's also in for a big season. Oh, well, speaking of receivers, let's yes, talk about yes, my receiver yes. over here. Now, this guy right here, this guy had a, a multiple prolific seasons. You know, a couple, a 1,600-yard season, a couple 1,400-yard seasons. The last two seasons, um, well, last year hurt a little bit, but before that, 900 yards, 1,000 yards, 1,300 yards. And this guy just moved to the Patriots, Demarius Thomas. I mean, he's he's on the end. Don't get me wrong. He's on the end of his career path. He's on the way out of the NFL. But if you thought Josh Gordon was going to do something last season, this is their bootleg old Josh Gordon replacement. And he's going to start on the Patriots. He's going to be a number one outside receiver on the Patriots. And when they want some someone big to go up there and get the ball, this guy can do it. He's going to get some touchdowns. And the Patriots are one of the top scoring offenses in the league. This guy's going to get work. And for being a very undervalued kind of, you know, the Patriots always grab the players coming right, right on the way out of the NFL, seeing if they can do something. And I believe this guy can play. And he's got something left in the tank. And he's, he's going to make something happen this season. What? How do you feel about the addition of Demarius Thomas to the Patriots? Man, you're digging deep with that one, let me tell you. <laughs> I was trying to dig deep. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's going for free in redraft leagues also because of the injury he's, he sustained last season. Um, I think that, like you said, he, he can be a great addition to a team that knows how to use him. Bill Belichick knows how to get the best out of these aged receivers. I would love to see Larry Fitzgerald one year in the Patriots' offense. I think it'd be awesome. But, uh, yeah, I think Demarius Thomas, uh, he's a leader in that wide receiver's locker room with Jules. And, um, I think it's a great acquisition yeah, for the Patriots. it's an awesome acquisition. It, like you said, definitely helps the locker room. I, they're they're going to know how to use them, too. Bill Belichick knows how to use his players, and they're going to find ways to get him work. And without Josh Gordon, without any big outside receivers, without Gronk, it's going to be hard to score touchdowns. And I, I think he'll be a touchdown vulture. Vulture. He's yeah. gonna he's gonna hock down on those five yard jump ball touchdowns right out of Sony Michelle's plate. What about Nikhil Harry? Do you think he makes a big fantasy impact year one? Year one, I I don't think so. I feel like Bill Belichick is one of those guys that when you when you're unless he has like a crazy preseason, he's he's gonna he's gonna take that like red shirtish year, like he might come in like halfway through the year after learning the the complicated plays that the the Patriots use, and I'm they're gonna find they're gonna have to find a way to use him, and that the thing the thing about Bill Belichick is. He molds his offense to the players that he has. And we're going to have to wait to see how special he really is in the NFL. Yeah, for sure. I think he's going to be a contributor to the offense right away. And uh, Demarius Thomas could be a big part of his development. I think he's going to help him, uh, you know, be making make an impact right away. Oh, well, that, that in itself, saying that Nikhil Harry will be a big impact. I just think about the Patriots lineup. Demarius Thomas, Nikhil Harry, Julian Edelman. They're coming into the season with one of the best receiving lineups I feel like they've had in a long time. 
Yeah, they got some designer brand names on that offense for sure. They've got, you know, big potential in Nikhil Harry. Jules has shown us he is a great receiver year in and year out. And Demarius Thomas, I love him when he's healthy. I've always been a big fan of his, so I'm rooting for him for sure. But yeah, let's talk about some of these. I know you got some other ones up your sleeve there. Who else do you like for these off-season additions? Oh yeah, um, the the other off-season additions I was really feeling was Funches to uh, the Colts and Djax. Yeah, D- I'm lo- I love Djax back in Philly. I think Carson Wentz is gonna have a career season, and he, he can he can be a de- top five quarterback easily yeah. this is the one Th- I this is to so talk many about. weapons there's so many weapons on that team it's this, gonna be insane this is the receiver i was hoping you would bring up because i know you really like deshaun jackson this season and i'm really starting to hop on that train especially how cheap you can get him in these drafts like cheese he's giving you redraft gold like these late round wide receivers he's giving you targets to go find them and uh, deshaun jackson last season had 775 yards, four touchdowns, and a majority of that was in those first eight games where Fitzmagic was throwing him the rock. He was averaging 15 yards per reception on a historic pace, and he just needs a quarterback that's not scared to air it out to him. And I think, like you said, Carson Wentz, he'll do it. I think uh, that's going to be a nice connection with him back in Philly. He's going to feel right at home. Yeah, just speaking about the Eagles, man, I was I was very high on Ertz the last couple seasons, but coming into this season, the 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 Eagles have had so many weapons. The emergence of uh Goddard, how do you feel about Ertz? Like I'm slowly coming down on like a, a third-ish round pick for Ertz this year. I feel like he, he might fall outside of the Evan Ingram Hunter Henry range. With the addition of all these weapons, they start using JJ, Djax, like Hollins is coming back. He was hurt last year. He's a big threat. The emergence of Goddard, he was Goddard was getting work at the end of last season. Even like, what do you think is gonna happen here? I think that uh, Zach Ertz is still locked and loaded as a top three tight end. As much as I would love to talk myself into Evan Ingram being in that top three, I think that uh, last season we saw. A career, no, a historic tight end reception record set by Zach Ertz, 113 receptions. And even if that comes down by, let's say, 20 receptions, he's still going to be at 90. And I think that's very good for a top a top tight end. And he's, he's Carson Wentz's best friend. 20 receptions? They just added D-Jax. They got J.J., they can run two tight end formations with Goddard. But who's the real number one well, weapon I, on that offense? I know, I know he's a, I know he's a monster. Who's Don't the get, number one weapon on that offense? I mean, Wentz loves Ertz. Thank Don't you. get me wrong. Wentz loves Ertz. But out of all these top tight ends, I feel like he could drop out of the Evan Ingram Hunter Henry range, which have a lot less competition for for targets. I see if you had to pick one, you why you would pick on Ertz, but I just don't think he's going to fall out of that range. Like I don't think it's probable. I think it's possible, but I, I wouldn't bet on it. Like I'm less I'm way less than fifty percent on that. But yeah, um anyways Let's talk about these dislikes. Man. Yeah. Let's get into these dislikes. These these non likable moves, like what happened here? Uh, we'll start with the wide receiver position. 
You want to start it off for us? Uh, no, no, no. I'll start with the running back position. Handle it. Okay. The worst running back move of the offseason. Isaiah Crowell. Oh, for sure. For sure. Man, even when he got signed, I wasn't excited by it. I knew the Raiders were going to go out and get a running back in the draft. And, uh, man, just rupturing your Achilles. I mean, but I feel like they're going to get Josh Jacobs anyways. Yeah, I agree. I, like, I felt the same way. Why are you getting Crowell? I don't. I I couldn't explain it. I, they already have Washington. They have Rashard, who I really like, and they seem to like as well. They could have brought back Marshawn if they wanted to. They did bring back Doug Martin, I guess. After that, they did. I'm not sure if which one would be better, Crowell or Doug Martin. I feel it's it's about the same right there. Yeah, I mean, I think Doug Martin's cheaper. So if you know, if I were Mike Mayock, I I might have just stayed with the the guys they had and drafted Josh Jacobs, but they tried it with Crowell, and like you said, it was a really bad move this offseason. Didn't work out well for any of them. Yeah, what what, what are you not feeling about the running back moves this year? Yeah, I'm not feeling uh, the Mike Davis signing. I know you're a big advocate for Mike Davis, but hear me out. The reason why is because this happened before the draft. Uh, before the draft, when they acquired Mike Davis and traded Jordan Howard. His his uh, value skyrocketed there for a second. A lot of people really thought he would be the lead back, the workhorse. Can it be him? And then the draft came and they moved up to get a guy, David Montgomery in the third round, who the coach compared to Kareem Hunt. Mind you, the coach came from Kansas City. And you know, if he has any workload similar to Kareem Hunt, I think David Montgomery is sufficient as a running back, and he will get the job done. And then you also got Tariq Cohen there. Tariq Cohen, reception monster last season. He was a running back one because of his uh, receptions, and he's not going to lose that work. He will, he will still get a majority of the receptions there. But just between all of the groundwork going to David Montgomery, the receptions going to Tariq Cohen, I don't see enough of the pie being left over for Mike Davis. I just I think that he could have landed in a better spot. Like let's say Oh, he could have he could have landed in a better spot. I right. Mean, no one wants to be in a three headed spot. Exactly. But when when he went there, Matt Nagy talked to him and, and Mike Davis came out and said he, he had he was very fine with the role they were giving him. I mean, let's the rushing yards last year, um they were number 11 in rushing yards last season. That's in the top half of the teams in rushing yards, and they'll be in the top half again. I, I think Mike Davis is exactly what they're looking for, you know, when they got rid of Jordan Howard, and they were talking about they wanted some more versatile players, and he's a bigger receiving type of back. He has hands. He can catch the ball. He can come out the backfield. And when you're in the red zone, you want someone big to just pound it in. And I think that that's why they got Mike Davis. But we don't these a lot of these question marks. You know, we'll have a better idea during preseason how they're really going to be using these guys. And um, I really like how you explained it earlier to me. How you broke it down, and you you said the Bears situation is like the Patriots. How the running backs look. You got Tariq Cohen equals James White. You got Mike Davis equals Rex Burkhead, and then you got. LeGarrette Blunt slash Sonny Michelle possibly being David Montgomery, which was Jordan Howard, right? Yeah, I was, I was saying that, yeah, the in the 20s running back, 
would I feel like that'd be Mike Davis like in the red zone and uh the way they're using Deion Lewis and like LeGarrette Blunt they'd have Deion Lewis between the the 20 and the other 20 and then that red zone um they were they were using LeGarrette Blunt and that's just to pound the rock in and get those easy touchdowns but I think Mike Davis will carve out a role not exactly sure how much you would want him on your fantasy team but in real life, he, he's going to be very valuable to the Bears. And he's going to get touchdowns. It's just going to be an unpredictable year. But he's going to be, I feel like, that goal line guy. Yeah, he could be. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, quick question. If he is indeed that goal line guy, how many touchdowns do you think he will get this season? Well, that's a great question. I mean, let's say so over under 6 total. The the Bears last year had 11 rushing touchdowns. So if they if they're in that same like 10 to 12 touchdown range, I think Mike Davis could easily get 6 rushing touchdowns cuz I feel like that's going to be his role. I mean, the other touchdowns will be like longer plays or and if anyone gets God forgive anyone gets hurt, but Mike Davis is a great handcuff too. Yeah, I could see him being the handcuff for Montgomery for sure. Um, cause cause it, Tariq Cohen's not a rushing running wait, back. So did you say over or under six touchdowns? That's a great question, but I would take the over. Okay, okay, I'll take the under on that. Uh, with eleven last year, if they score a couple more rushing touchdowns, I definitely think he will take about half of that work. Um, but let's talk about one of these other guys, man. This other move I hated. Alfred Blue. <laughs> I've never liked the boy Blue. Jacksonville, right? Yeah. Okay, the blue out of the blue. <laughs> that, that move was really out of the blue right there because <laughs> I was not feeling it. I mean, I would want to get rid of Alfred Blue too if I was the Texans, and I'm glad you found a Ponzi to pick him up because I, <laughs> I don't know what he's going to do over there in Jacksonville, man. Yeah, a lot of people thought he would maybe be the cuff for Fournette until uh, Ryquell Armstead gets drafted there. And, uh, you know, we'll see if Ryquell's healthy. He had a hamstring injury during OTAs. But, um, yeah, Alfred Blue, I can see why you are questioning that one, especially uh, with some other running backs out there. I know you like Jay Ajayi still sitting out there, jobless. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that... There are definitely better options out there than Alfred Blue. It's not hard to get better than Blue, man. Is it Alfred Blue or Alfred Poo? <laughs> <For real. laughs> Which one? <laughs> All right. Now the wide receiver position. A lot of these moves were great. You know, we already talked about D-Jax. You know, I talked about Demarius Thomas. Who's your guy over there, wide receiver? The wide receiver I dislike? No, the wide receiver you liked. Who was your guy? Oh, you know it was Odell Beckham. Oh, yeah, you Jr. went real easy. I forgot. You went Odell Beckham. <laughs> Odell <man>. Beckham, the <laughs> vanilla. But you know there, what? There were some great wide receiver additions this year. But some of Deshaun these... Jackson would be my runner-up there. I, I'll definitely piggyback on you with Deshaun Jackson. But some of these guys, yeah, I, I was not feeling it. Who were you not feeling at the wide receiver position? For me... Yeah, it was a guy, a guy that really benefited from a high power passing attack last season. Mr. Humpty Hump. 
Do the Humpty Hump. Oh, Adam Humphreys. Adam Humphreys going to Tennessee. And uh, Tennessee gave him a nice little deal there. It gave him a four-year contract, $36 million, make you holla. And uh, apparently, according to Adam Humphreys himself, he turned down a deal with the Patriots, which I would have loved him to go to the Patriots. He doesn't want any Super Bowl rings. That's uh, he, He's not looking for the rings. Hey, we talked about it earlier. Sometimes these guys don't have the opportunity to get these paydays as often as other star wide receivers. So you got to get the money when it's good, you know, when you can. Oh, yeah. Adam Humphreys, what do you get? I think it was a three-year, $44 million deal. Four-year, $36 million. So $36 million. They gave him security. I'm sure he wanted a four-year deal. That's what he was looking for and couldn't get it with the Patriots. But let's talk about him. I mean, he's been on the rise since 2016. Um, he had 622 yards, then 631 yards. And then last season, 2018, was his coming out party with 816 yards on 76 receptions, five touchdowns. And uh, that's part of being a part of the biggest passing attack in the season. Uh, the Buccaneers were just guns blazing. Regardless if it was Fitzmagic, Jameis Winston, Adam Humphreys was a beneficiary either way. Um, he was able to make his mark on that offense, and I just don't see it having the same um, type of passing power as, uh, you know, Tampa Bay. Tennessee just don't have the firepower, you know? Yeah, I, I feel like he's, he really – the Patriots, how much do you think the Patriots probably offered him? Half of that, if even. I think the Patriots, yeah, like a two-year deal, maybe like $12 million. You know what I mean? $6 million a year. And everyone on that team seems to take you know, some sort of pay cut. Tom Brady's been doing it for years, um, and it pays off. Those guys are constantly competing and able to add uh, players to their squad. Yeah, I would say fuck the ring for $10 million, too. You want this ring uh, or $10 million? Yeah, I think yeah. I would take $10 million. I get it for sure. From a you know human standpoint, I don't blame Adam Humphreys, but for fantasy football, that is not a good move. Um, the Titans, just horrific passing offense. Uh, Matt LaFleur coached the Titans last season, and you looked up the passing offense earlier. You said it was 25th, right, out of the league. Oh, yeah, we'll get to that. 25th out of 32. So my point is, is that offense is putrid. I don't expect it to get better as far as a passing standpoint. I think Derrick Henry will be a, a ball hog there. And um, nobody else is going to be fantasy relevant. So bummer for Adam Humphreys because I enjoyed watching him last season. No one else will be fantasy relevant. I mean, the, the Titans, you never know. They gave Mariota everything he ever could want. At the res- at the skilled position positions on that team, he just can't stay healthy, man. You he can't, can't count on him. He and can't. You <laughs> I mean, preserve not... him. So by doing that, you're gonna what? Get the ball out of his hands quick, and that's handoffs, dump offs. That was the Adam Humphrey. No, I think it's more <laughs> Deion Lewis. <laughs> and then they'll design plays for Corey Davis like they did last season. He was getting a lot of bubble screens and. Uh, things of that nature. Uh, A.J. Brown, once he's healthy, they'll try to create touches for him. And then you got Delaney Walker coming back as well. It's just... That's what I'm saying. This is the best weapons Mariota's gotten. Just real quick, Mariota, do you, 
Do you think this could be his last year at quarterback there? Yeah, I do. I think it can, um, especially with the guys coming out next season. He can get replaced by another Oregon Duck if the team stinks that bad. Justin Herbert will be coming in, and uh, this guy, he, he looks like the real deal. And I know that if the Titans aren't happy with Mariota or if he gets injured again, you know, they'll, they'll ride Ryan Tannehill till the end of the, the year, and then they'll they'll reload at quarterback. All right. So what we got next on the agenda, man? What are we talking about? Well, did you did you bless us with your dislike at wide receiver? Oh, oh, I I might have forgotten. I might have forgotten. And um, yes. Uh, what? I'm gonna go with uh, Moncrief. Oh, good grief! Yeah, good grief, Moncrief. Yeah, over there at uh, Pittsburgh. I mean, the addition of Moncrief. I I feel like he's just he's just a little bit overhyped. Um, he's okay. I know AB left, but I'm just not feeling it, man. I'm just not feeling. <laughs> She's Moncrief. going through it over there. <laughs> Yeah, I don't blame you. I mean, James Washington, second yes. year. They add yes. they add Dante Johnson, and Moncrief has just never done it. Like at the receiver position, he he sucks everywhere he goes. Um, I'm for I would rather take anyone else over Moncrief after Juju, obviously. Yeah, at, on the page, on uh, the Steelers. I definitely like uh, James Washington getting the first crack at that number two role. Um, I know they like to use Juju in the slot, so it could very well be Deontay Johnson and James Washington on the outside with Juju in the middle. And that leaves Moncrief only good for four wide receiver sets or red zone sets. I mean, I think they added him. I mean, they added him for cheap. They added him for $9 yeah. million for two years. Yeah. But they're... I feel like he's going to get phased out maybe by halfway through the season. What was he... What? What what help is he on that offense? Yeah, I think uh, is it just a deaf move? Is I, it? I think that he's seniority? a gadget move. He's a gadget move. They didn't have a guy that goes up and gets jump balls the way that Dante Moncrief does, and they just needed someone like that. I mean, Juju does it. No, no, Juju's more. They like him in the slot after the catch, get him the ball. He, oh, but he can jump up and get can, it too. Absolutely, but he's not. That's he's, not his specialty. You know what I mean? De- uh, Dante Moncrief. If you wanted to throw a jump ball in the back of the end zone, he's just bigger. So they, they just wanted somebody of that size, of that stature. So Dante Moncrief, over, under, four touchdowns this season. I'm sure I'll go I'm, over. I'll go over you on think, four. You think, you think he's actually going to get some work I'll go. Away. I'll go five or six, you know what I mean? Something close I, to that. I think he just gets phased out, and he's not even relevant. Big Ben throws a lot six. of touchdowns. He, he Big Ben will be over 30 touchdowns, and with Antonio Brown gone, you know, Juju will see maybe 12 of those, let's call it, and then, you know, the, the rest will be divided into those guys, and I think he could easily get, you know, five or six so I like four. I like the line there, but I'd go over on that. But yeah, let's. I'm I'm just not feeling that guy, man. I don't blame you, bro. That's why we got him in the dislikes. But let's move on to new coaches. Oh yeah. So we got some new faces in the league, some familiar faces moving in different places. Uh, let's start with Brian Flores being hired by the Miami Dolphins, coming from the Patriots. 
What are your thoughts on Flores? How does he help the Dolphins? I mean, the Dolphins needed someone after Adam Gase, and uh, it wasn't hard. It's, I don't think it's going to be hard to beat what Adam Gase did there, but they're <laughs> rebuilding. They're rebuilding, and um, maybe they can get closer to 50%, but, I mean... These, these, they're going to suck. They don't have the pieces to do anything. And you're going to have to wait and see. You have to wait what they do in the draft next season, maybe the next couple seasons before they the Dolphins do anything out there. I mean, what do you think? They get Tua next year and then make a splash? They made the hashtag, the fan base, tank for Tua. So, you know, that's the belief right now. But, yeah, Tua... Well, we'll have to see. Um, hopefully, Brian Flores will last till that next season and not get fired because these coaches have been just getting fired quickly. It's a quick turnaround. Yeah, th- this is like the first season I've ever seen where the coaches are getting – it's like basketball. They're just flipping these coaches quick. And I, it's going to make a huge impact in the fantasy football game and how all these coaches are going to impact what the offenses are doing. I feel like it's going to change now like almost every season – from what how they're implementing these players. Yeah, I'm interested to see what type of offensive philosophy Brian Flores goes with because he's a defensive-minded guy. Is he going to want to run the ball a lot? And do, is that good for Kalen Balazs and Kenyon Drake? Or is he going to want to use those receivers that he has? Kenny Stills, Albert Wilson, Jakeem Grant, some burners out there. He could stretch the field and get creative. So... I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how how he uses those uh, resources he has there. So next we got. Oh, this is this guy. I like this move. Bruce this is my Arians. favorite addition in the off season. Bruce Arians to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, coming out of retirement to coach Jameis Winston. I mean, he's coaching the team, man. Get off the fully loaded train, bro. He's coaching the team. But what Bruce Arians did do with the last couple seasons on Arizona was he turned them into contenders. He t- he pit up points. Man, he was one of the top offenses over there every year in passing in Arizona. What, what do you think he's going to do with Winston? Hmm, it's funny that you say uh, fully loaded, biased. I just Googled Jameis Winston, Bruce Arians. Let's see. Tampa Bay Buccaneers official website. Jameis Winston is a Bruce Arians quarterback. Here's why. Bruce Arians on quarterback Jameis Winston. He could win it all. It's not me. It's Bruce Arians saying this stuff. So I think that if anyone could get the best out of Jameis and what we saw at Florida State, what he did in high school dominating, it's going to be, like you said, Bruce Arians and this offensive cast that they have there. They've got a group of some talented wide receivers. The last two seasons with Arizona, Bruce Arians was number three and number five passing offenses. That's exciting for (laughs) Fully loaded, isn't it? (laughs) No, but in all honesty, Jameis Winston, I love what it's going to do for uh, Mike Evans, what it's going to do for Chris Godwin, especially. I'm excited to see Chris Godwin take that next step. And uh, I think, like you said, Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be in that top five passing offenses again. Uh, Last season, they were number one, mind you. So, uh, yeah, we both love that move. Next. Next. Uh, how, how's that juice <laughs> taste, man? 
Oh, man. We're sipping that fantasy football Kool-Aid over here with the Cliff Kingsbury edition. The yeah, new... how's that Kingsbury aid? That Kingsbury aid is sweet. It's tasting like uh, it could be some fantasy football gold. And, uh, yeah, Cliff Kingsbury, he said he wants to run his offense exclusively from shotgun, 99% of the plays. He wants to run over 80 plays a game. This is going to be a West Coast offense, quick uh, quick releases, you know. Oh, they're going to get the ball out quick. Yeah. They're going to get the ball out real quick. Especially with that O-line. I mean, exactly. they have one of the, the least uh, amount of time in the pocket last season in passing plays. So yeah, they're going to go the They're going to have to. The Seahawks uh, route and pretty much just fold on the offensive line. Go with the athletic quarterback that can get outside the pocket, make plays when the play is broken because uh, the pocket collapsed. And that that's what they got in Kyler Murray. He's he's a game breaker. He's a Heisman Trophy winner. Played in an offense like this in Oklahoma and succeeded also at A&M. So he's very familiar with these spread offenses. And, um, you know, I don't think the Cardinals are going to win many games, but... They could put up some fantasy numbers for sure if they're passing the ball that often and uh, manufacturing touches and yards. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. I'm a believer, man. In the Kingsbury, I'm not drinking the Kingsbury aid right now. He's not. He, drinking he's the gonna Kingsbury have to show aid. me to make me a believer because some of these guys, he could be the next Chip Kelly. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, he could. He could. Chip Kelly definitely had a couple years of great production in his offense and then fell off a cliff once the NFL caught up. So that, that could definitely happen. But um, until then, I think that it's going to be a lot of fantasy relevance coming from that Cardinals offense because the that's what the name of the game is there. It's just pass the ball. Yeah, um, see if he can make some, some new changes to what offenses are doing in the NFL. I'm not a believer. I got to see it. I got to see this guy, Kyler Murray, in action. But... Let's go into one of the guys that got into mid-season change last year. But what were you saying? If you can't take the heat, stay out the kitchen. We got Freddie Kitchens coming in, being hired from interim coach to official head coach. And then they bring in Todd Monken from Tampa Bay, who we talked about earlier. I'm really excited for this passing attack. I think they're going to pour it on. And uh, I expect them to be also a top five passing offense. Yeah, I mean, this guy came from Bruce Arians. Yeah, like tree. We just talked about what Bruce Arians did. And this guy was the running backs and quarterbacks coach with Bruce Arians. And he learned some things, how to pass the ball, how to create some downfield passes. And we saw it with Baker last year. When this guy came in, he unleashed the baker. Yeah. And the did. baker got in the kitchen, man. And they started baking. They were cooking. Pies. Cooking. They, they're making, yeah, they're making cookies. They're making cakes. There's something sweet coming out of that Brown's kitchen. Yeah, there is. And uh, yeah, I think we both really like this move. I love it for both fantasy football and the Browns locker room chemistry. Um, they're rolling with the players on this and the players' input. I know Baker's a big advocate of the kitchen. He loves Freddie Kitchen. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be fried chicken. It's going to be barbecue chicken, baby, all season. All right, let, let's speed up here. Let's go into the next uh, 
the next coach, who we got? Vic Fangio from the Broncos being hired. He uh, He's being hired to the Broncos from the Bears. He was the Bears defensive coordinator before that on our 49ers Super Bowl defensive coordinator. Uh, Vic Fangio, I've been a big fan of him since, you know, we had Patrick Willis, Navarro Bowman. He built that defense, and he's been doing great since. He left Chicago in great standing. That defense looks amazing. And now he hopes to do the same with the Broncos, who don't have a bad defense themselves. Got a really nice... Uh, oh, they have lots of pieces that few have great pieces, defense right. this year. Yeah, so I'm interested to see, again, how... These defensive coaches, Vic Fangio, Brian Flores, uh, you know, use their offensive weapons. I know they'll be great on defense. They'll have that under control for the most part, especially Fangio with the defensive unit he has. But the offense is a question. I wonder, is he going to move to Royce Freeman so he can control the clock more, run the ball? Or is he going to be more of a passing attack, stretch the field with Joe Flacco and Cortland Sutton? So that'll be interesting to watch. All right, let's go into this next guy. One of your favorite guys right here. My favorite. This is your favorite guy to pick on. To pick on? He picked on himself when he got hurt. Oh, see, here we go. Matt LaFleur, Green Bay Packers, new edition. I think this guy here is a media puppet. And Aaron Rodgers is going to be pretty much... uh, building that whole offense or calling the shots. He's going to be telling Matt LaFleur what he likes, what he thinks they should do, and he's going to put a game plan around it. But, yeah, more or less, I think. Yeah, Matt LaFleur, great offensive mind right there. Last year on the Titans, took the offense from from whatever they were the year before that to the 25th offensive rank oh great addition to the Packers oh man this is the guy that didn't give Derrick Henry the ball until what like week 13 oh my god it's just that's why it's all going to be up to Aaron Rodgers he doesn't need to make be. decisions it better be man. he's just going to be sitting there talking to the media hey Aaron Rodgers say tell him this <laughs> going to be listening to him but yeah so Matt LaFleur Green Bay Packers um, you know, I have a lot of Packers on my team. Oh, yeah, I was Packers great passing offense and Matt LaFleur last year, 29th in passing yards on the tight. Yeah. So that's not exciting to me, but I think, uh, he's not going to be making many, many play calls. I think it's going to be Aaron Rodgers out there. So yeah, let's talk of, let's keep, let's keep it moving. We yeah, got, let's keep it rolling. Who we got next? <laughs> we got Popeye. Mr. Adam Gase. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Crazy eyes. Uh, going to the Jets. And what's scary about this is they just get Le'Veon Bell. And what Gase is known to do best is uh, to phase out their best running back. That's what he's done his whole career. Just phasing out guys that perform well. like yeah, Oh, Drake. yeah, you're really good. All right, you, you're on the bench. Right, exactly. It's like, oh, you know what? We're going to use someone else just so I can show you that I can do it with anyone. Ha, ha, ha. And he, he's already came out and said he did not want to sign Le'Veon Bell. GM gets fired. It looks like a dumpster fire in New York. And, uh, yeah, Adam Gase is already doing his, you know, doing what Gase does. Yeah, man. <laughs> great, great year last year uh, with the Dolphins. Seven and nine. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. We need this guy on the Jets. That's exciting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I don't think either of us are very excited about Adam Gase to the Jets. They say he's a quarterback guy, so I know they want to develop Darnold, and we'll just have to see oh, yeah, how that quarterback works quarterback guy with Ryan Tannehill. Oh, Adam Gase, last three years, Miami, 26th passing offense. 2017, 18th passing offense. Last year, 30th passing offense. What about in Denver? Oh, in Denver, I mean, they had Peyton Manning. Oh, 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 that's, yeah. that's, that's a little different those years. But that's where he got his street cred is what I'm telling you. Yeah, for, first and fourth with Peyton Manning, but you gotta, maybe that's what Aaron Rodgers would do, some of that Peyton Manning magic. You got to understand just where where it came from, how he got to where he is now, and that that's the whole reason is they broke records with that offense, and Peyton Manning looked broken. So he he won a Super Bowl with a broken Peyton Manning. Um, I don't think Adam Gase did it. I think it was Peyton Manning. And hopefully that's what Aaron Rodgers can do because with Matt LaFleur, I feel like it's the same type of situation. Um, Sam Darnold, young developing player. I was excited for the Jets until they hired Adam Gase. Yeah, I mean, they've got a weird situation there. I don't know what Le'Veon Bell signing does for them as far as competing for a Super Bowl right away, but... You know, they had some money to spend and they wanted to spend it. So let's let's talk about the last guy we got here. Zach Taylor from the Bengals being signed as head coach. He's another young guy off the McVay tree. Um, they got Andy Dalton. Pretty sure he's in a contract year. AJ Green. A lot of pieces that they could move on from next year. Do you see them being uh, a playoff contender this season? Oh, I'm I'm excited to see what what he does. I mean, coming from that Sean McVay tree, if he runs any type of three receiver, oh, like a high three receiver set type of offense, like they're doing with the Rams, Tyler Boyd, John Ross, and AJ Green is perfect comp to Cup Woods and Cooks. Like they have the burner, they have the big reception guy, and they have a, a possession guy underneath to get touchdowns and. They have a great running back in Joe Mixon. They've always had the pieces, but they they never seem to put it together. Could it be the coach? We'll find out this year. Yeah, Marvin Lewis has got a whole lot of crap in these past like decade for not being able to take them to that next level. We'll see if this guy is able to do it. It's just, to me, it's a question is, is he going to keep this team together or will he break it up next season? And I think uh, if this season doesn't go very well then a lot of those guys can be gone and uh, that'll be interesting to find out i mean i think the Bengals have a great talent on offense they have great talent on offense and what sean mcveigh did when he just came in he took the talent on the rams with jared goff and he started making things work and if people are a believer in, in cliff kingsbury this season it's another one of those situations but i feel like they have a better offense already then the Cardinals, and if he he could come in and shake everything up in that division. Yeah, I don't think the Kingsbury hype is more for the the Cardinals doing anything in the division. I think it's more for fantasy football relevance, and that that's what the hype is with Cliff Kingsbury. So for me, I don't see Zach Taylor coming close to winning the division this season, and I see them moving on from a lot of players next season. But yeah, that's all of the coaching additions. Now, 
we're gonna dive into the questions. We got we got the Shark Tank mailbag. The mailbag. Who who we got? Who asked who asked these questions? What, what we got going on over here? The first one we got came in from our friend. <laughs> I love Nyquil, man. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's the best shit ever invented, isn't it? Huh? I love the name alone. Nyquil, capital N, small Y, big fucking Q. Hey, shout out Nyquil for uh, giving us some input here to the show. And uh, this is what Nyquil is asking. He said, I'd like input on when is it worth trading high-producing now players for potential young future superstars? Like in my case, was it worth the risk giving up two top 20 players for unknown value moving forward? And uh, yeah, this is this is a great question. It's like a philosophy question. When is the right time to sell your aging players that can still produce and get value? I mean, it depends what up-and-coming players you're talking about. In his case, he's talking about Miles Sanders, Curtis Samuel, and Royce Freeman. I mean, I like all these guys he's getting. Um, talking about going younger with high upside potential. Any of these guys can become the, the starters on their team and... It's a wide open market for these guys in these positions. I mean, Miles Sanders, he's coming in. He might be the starter. Royce Freeman, they have a new coaching change there. We'll see how much work he, he gets. I mean, he was highly recruited. And Curtis Samuel, I mean, oh, he's probably not better than DJ Moore. I like DJ Moore. But he's going to get work over there as the number two receiver for Carolina. Yeah, I do like those those few pieces, but for me, I'm going to go with the uh, David Johnson, Brandon Cooks on the other side. Brandon Cooks is still – both of those guys are still young and have a lot of years of production ahead of them. And I understand it's not as much as maybe Miles Sanders because he's younger, but um, I, I do like the David Johnson side of that trade, as I stated earlier. But I want to get into more of the philosophy of this question, more of the, the mindset that he had. Not so much the players. Um, he wants well, for to... him. For him, I liked. I liked yep. the way he, way he went younger. Yep, yep. yep. And because he added so much depth to his team, uh, the rest of those positions he had before um, these players, they uh, they dropped. I mean, we were joking around earlier, but they were like wide receiver sixes, and he replaced <laughs> them with with Curtis Samuel with Royce Freeman. You know, <laughs> like that. If you get into that type of range of player then I like the move for his team. Because every season you have players go down, and this isn't a redraft league, so you can't just pick up places to re- re- replace these positions during the season. So his bench can replace that. And that's a great addition to, to any team. I mean, well, I understand are... you like DJ better, like the top players better, like the, the known commodities, but when you add depth, and, and other teams take hits during the season and we're in a dynasty league and you can't replace anyone and I'm sitting here and I, if I take like four hits, I'm missing like three of my starters, I can fill all these guys in. They can be starters in this league. Okay, well, this is my counter argument to that is I, I get that. I, I'm with you on the philosophy of if your team isn't looking like it's going to be a contender, then by all means, like prepare to, you know, get rid of some of these these assets that you have for future assets. But what I would have done differently is I would have let the season begin and I would have let 
uh, all those question marks kind of work themselves out. And a lot of those question marks, I think, are going to have slow starts. Rookie Rookies have slow starts. You got quarterbacks coming back from injury. It's going to take some time for, for those to boom. But on the other side, I think David Johnson and Brandon Cooks come out the gates blazing. Yeah, and they're, they're everyone's down on DJ right now. Before they see what happens with this offense, and if he ooh, he's takes going, off, he's not. He's first no couple one's down games. on him. He's he's going top six in redraft every well, time. Yeah, top six, but he could be a top three running back like when he first came out with Bruce Arians. But it, when you compare his ADP, it's like looking at Melvin Gordon, and you wouldn't say people are down on Melvin Gordon. No, no, no. Okay, well, I mean down. I mean like. Like Kamara, before last before last season, like before he had those when he got all that work, he came out just blazing without Mark Ingram. Like at that moment, you could have sold Kamara for way more than you could sell DJ for right now. So that's my point. And DJ could be worth that. That's what I'm saying is, if I were him, I would have let the beginning of that season play out to where you guys are looking very very valuable and if you're not winning by week four week five hey start thinking about making that move wait for someone to be desperate because a player gets injured and they're looking for a running back you could really take advantage at that time and i would have just waited to get more value i think he could have got this package week four if he wanted to but i i also think that uh it's a good move as far as philosophy you know if if your team doesn't look like it's going to be competing. You don't want to be stuck in the middle. You know, take that opportunity to rebuild. Yeah, in the, the in the philosophy wise, it's a little different in that trade. He also got back Hill, which could be a big gain or a big mistake. But who we got for our number? Yeah, I mean Tyreek Hill. He just turned twenty five, so he's still super young. And uh, he can still have over a decade more of dominance, you know. But like you said, it's just a question mark. So next, on our trades, the mailbag. Who do we got, Sean? Who do we have with the number two question? Game over? No way! Because we got Game Genie! Game Genie. Hey, quick shout out to Xenador getting married. Hey, congratulations. Friday, it's going down, Xenador style. And uh, I'm happy for you, Zeni. Let's answer your question for you. What rookie sleeper will have a productive season? So he wants to know about a sleeper and maybe not, you know, the David Gumps that we've been talking about, the Josh Jacobs, the Darrell Henderson. Let's go deeper. Go in those double-digit redraft rounds. Who can you find that's a gem that could be productive right away? Well, well, well. If I take anyone besides Hollywood Brown, because you can't go wrong with Hollywood Brown as the best rookie sleeper, I'm going to go with Miles Boykins. Okay, going go. super deep here, but actually not that deep, because Miles Boykins is the big receiver on the team. He runs a 4-4. He... He he probably had the best combine beside the best combine like physical wise, receiving wise, like hands wise, besides DK Metcalf, man. Like he's nice. And Lamar Jackson with a big target, I'm excited to see what they're gonna do with him this season. 
Yeah, for sure. I I think that um, he can be he could be a contributor right away for sure. Yeah, I mean he could take the number one role. They could use Hollywood Brown as a little gadget receiver. Yeah, uh, he he's that bigger body. Um, my thing is is just they have a bunch of tight ends. I don't know how they're going to distribute that red zone work with all those running backs as well. And then the quarterback could run it in himself. So. Well, the real question is who's going to be their number one receiver? Is it going to be Hollywood? Is it going to be Snead? Is it going to be Boykins? Is it going to oh, be man. like Chris Moore? Oh. Who's going to be the Ravens' number one receiver? And whoever that guy is, I want that guy. He's going to be super valuable late. And that's that's what I'm looking for. I see you. I see you. I got another one for you. Uh, you went wide receiver. I'm going to go running back. We're digging back into the fully loaded bag here. Divino Zigbo, New Orleans Saints running back. This guy. What was his name again? Divine Ozigbo. Ziggy. We got This guy, he wore 22 in college. He looks like a Mark Ingram replica. And he had a hell of a productive college career. Ended up being undrafted, but he was one of the few diamonds that got signed right away after the draft finished. And, uh, you know, they the, the Saints signed Latavius Murray, but he's been proven to get banged up. I think uh, Divino Zigbo presented the opportunity. He can take that Mark Ingram role and run with it, and that's a very valuable role in a high-power offense. I've never heard of this guy, Tyler. I mean, I hope I hope he, he don't watch college football, so it's understandable. I, I hope he does well for you, but you know, I I don't know anything about him, man. Uh, you're diving real deep over there, bro. Uh, he's on the fully loaded squad. He's on the fully loaded squad. I see I, why you, you're talking about him now. I got him right away when. Uh, did you even draft him, or you you picked him up after the draft? I picked him up right after when I found out that the Saints had signed him. Okay. But let's talk about his four-year college career. So he, he has all four years, a big sample size for you. He had, in that time, 5.2 yards per carry, 21 touchdowns, over 2,100 yards, and also some receiving numbers. And he is six foot two thirty-five. You like that five point two yards per carry? Oh yeah, that's that's uh that's career last year seven yards a carry. Yes, yes. Wow, <laughs> he's he's a baller. Okay. Look at that last season in particular, only one hundred and fifty five attempts for a thousand eighty two yards, twelve touchdowns, and then added twenty three catches for another two hundred oh, yards. That's a monster year for college. Yeah, so he's he's got a lot of potential. Looking rocking the number twenty two, similar size profile. He's, he looks like he could be a really deep sleeper for you. You can pick up damn near free and redraft. So a little fully loaded dime right there. Dropping them gems. Dropping them gems. You know how we do. But yeah, um, now, of course, we got more questions. Right now, everybody knows. Got one tail, four feet, twelve toes, Mr. Rhino. Rhinos. Rhinos with this one-sided question. Always. It's always <laughs> about the gump. So let's get this one out of the way. Um, the Rhinos wants to know, would you take a chance on... My mom always said, 
life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Would you take a chance on the gump in the fourth round of a redraft league, 12-team PPR? Me personally, no, I would go with the safer option. I mean, I I in redraft, I really don't like taking rookie running backs. I don't like missing those early rounds. It's hard to recover sometimes, and you have to wait to find something on the waiver wire. So at the running back position, I need a solider option than a rookie. Me personally, I mean, how do you feel about um, the gump in the fourth? I mean, what what would you would you take a uh, a similar running back, or do you like taking rookies in redraft leagues? Um, I think if any position on the offense is going to do well as a rookie, it's a running back. Uh, for me, I've found myself taking him late in the fourth round in uh, best ball. You know, if he falls to me at like 4-12, 4-11, and I'm choosing between David the Gump, uh, Kenyon Drake, uh, Miles Sanders, Henderson, there's a lot of the rookie running backs. Lamar Miller is right in that area. Uh, Tev- or, uh, Tarak Cohen. I'm going to go with David Montgomery over those guys. And I just like the upside, what he represents, what he could be. Yeah, he he definitely has a little bit more upside on a better offense than most of those teams. Um, there's possibly I'm not looking at who's exactly around him right now, but I'm sure there's some solid receivers around that area. Kenyon Drake is really close to me for uh, in that area. I'm sure he's gonna he's guaranteed to get some work in that offense, whereas. You never know with these rookie running backs. We got to see how they're going to use them. And I I hate missing the early rounds. Yeah, I don't blame you. It's hard to recover from that. Uh, so another one from the Ryan knows. He wants to know if Tyreek Hill misses time, who will benefit the most in the Chiefs offense? Well, if Tyreek Hill misses time, I think the running backs are going to benefit the most really? in the Chiefs okay, offense. Okay. I mean, when you have new receivers... Uh, I mean, I always like what Andy Reid does with his receivers, but you have McCole Hardman, who I think they're going to implement immediately with um, with Robinson on the other side as the top two receivers without Sammy. I mean, obviously Sammy Watkins, but outside of Sammy Watkins, um, I think they're going to implement those guys. But I don't I'm not exactly sure how good McCole Hardman could be if he gets that chance early on. I mean, he only played receiver for one year. He's He switched from DB to receiver. And um, how good can you be? I mean, he only played it for one year. Yeah, for me, um, it's not so much about those those rookie wide receivers that they picked up. I, I like uh, the guys that they already had to step up even more. Uh, Travis Kelsey, when Tyreek Hill is out, he eats. And uh, last season, he had 103 catches, 1,336 yards, 10 touchdowns. And uh, I think he could break that reception record set by Zach Ertz last season if he if, if Tyreek Hill misses time. And uh, if he does increase his reception count by another 10 to 15 receptions, we're talking another 100, 150 yards for him. 
And uh, that's a 1,500-yard season. Yeah, I, I really like Kelsey this year, especially especially if Hill sits. Yeah. Um, he's going to get a lot of work. Uh, the, those running backs are also going to catch a lot of passes out the backfield yeah. with some new receiving options. Like I said, like, like these receivers, I don't know how much work they can really get. They're, they're all coming in new. So the I feel like the running backs are going to benefit majorly along with Kelsey. Well, another guy that I like is someone that – I've given a ton of chances, and that's Sammy Watkins. And I, I loved him coming out of Clemson, top five pick in the NFL. He's still getting paid in the free agent uh, when he came to the Chiefs. They, they paid him like a number one wide receiver he can be. And last season, only 40 catches for 519 yards, three touchdowns. How many games played? Games played. Let's see if I could pull I, I know he had that up. lingering foot injury. I had Sammy Watkins in a couple leagues. And he he was in and out. In yeah, and out. Ten, 10 games played. And, uh, so about two-thirds of the season. Yeah. So he, he, did, he did come out in the middle of games he started last year, though. So a lot of opportunity there for upside um, as long as he's healthy, which is a big if for Sammy Watkins. But I just I think that he could be a huge beneficiary. He has a huge opportunity in front of him if Tyreek were to miss time. And I think he's going to take full advantage of it, and he will recognize that opportunity. Uh, yeah, I, I see the rushing attempts increasing majorly without Hill. But let's go into Do we have any more questions? We do. We got a late one from another listener of ours. What do you think about that? I turned myself into a pickle. I'm Pickle Rick. Pickle Rick. Thank you for chiming in on uh, the shark tank dynasty mailbag and uh, he wants to know about his team of course everyone wants to know about their team and how they can make it better and he wants to know with his his trade with montgomery do you think that he oh sorry make pickle rick's team better refund ap I want my 175 uh, back. <laughs> I, mean, I hope you had a receipt. He wants <laughs> to know, did that Montgomery trade create more holes for him? Or do you think it was a good move? Like I said, I wish I had that receipt. Because, I mean, you have Geis, AP, I think, filling in that, that spot. Having Montgomery, if he does turn into the star back you guys are thinking... I mean, adding him with Josh Jacobs and then Oof. having Geis as maybe Le'Veon Bell too. Le- Le- yeah. <laughs> he was he, he was looking so nice at the potential of running back and you kind of just sliced that down a little bit. I mean, you did get in return some some nice options to improve your team in the future, but for this season, definitely hurt his team. Yeah, I agree for sure. I think, but that's what happens when you get picks in return. You give up this season, right? And that—that's where that philosophy comes into play. Where I say, hold on to the guys, and then you could get the picks later. You know, the Montgomery is a big question mark right now, but more likely than not, he's going to get a big workload. And if he gets that, his value is going to go up. And if that happens. Then you can make the trade if you don't need them. Yeah, that happens. You sold Apple before it started booming. That's all. Man, like, for the jug. Yeah, <laughs> you had some Apple shares, and you were like, oh, cool, we're at $20. Let's, he, let's sell. Let's sell. He did get a nice uh, haul from the Rhinos, but like you said, I think this year for sure I like Montgomery uh, as a better 
uh, fantasy piece as far as production and what will help you get to the championship. I mean, yeah, if if Montgomery is what you guys think, I mean, even if he's not what you guys think, he's that's like you're giving up like 150 to 250 fantasy points this year at a running back position. Yep. It's, it's hard to fill that up. You can't find that on the waiver wire. What do you think about that? I turned myself into a pickle. I'm Pickle Rick. That's what we think, Pickle. <laughs> Sometimes you got to hold on. Oh, no, we got to drop for that. We got to drop for that move. So oh, Give me one second. While, <laughs> while he's looking for that drop, let's uh, congratulations to the Rhinos for making SFB9. Oh, yeah, uh, just pick a next move. I'm just saying do Tell me, have you heard that lady? I'm just saying do better. Yeah, maybe just a little bit better. <laughs> Cheese was not feeling the move. Well, not for this season. I, I like Pickle Rick's team coming in this season, and then he just made that move. What's interesting is the poll is so against us. Like, Twitter loved the package that Ryan gave up, and we were on the opposite end of that. Well, well like I said, you it takes you back a season when you get the draft picks in return. And it's not like I didn't like Pickle Rick's trades. Just I thought he could have competed this season. Like yeah, his team can knock out these top teams in the league once he's in playoffs. He had the squad to do it. Yep. He had the depth to do it. And I think AP just hurts his chances this season. <laughs> like if, if, if he had Vegas odds and then boom, you lost Montgomery and Pickle Rick maybe had like a 30% chance. Now it knocks him down to maybe like a 20, 25% chance. Okay, I like that. But yeah, back to the Rhinos. Congrats on the SFB9. You're going to make the Shark Tank Dynasty squad proud. Oh, the fishbowl. The fishbowl. Yeah. He's he's the big fish. He's the big rhino fish in the aquarium. Yeah, you, where, you, where did you text it earlier? The Catalina wine mixer? The, it's the fucking Catalina football? wine mixer. Yeah. And, uh, man, I know he is excited for that, and I hope you, uh, you bring home the gold. Represent. Let him know. Yeah, just make sure you don't get Daryl Henderson... <laughs> Early, please. It will hurt you this year. Don't do it. <laughs> Wait on it. Sound advice from the cheese himself. Real California cheese. It's the cheese. Stamp of approval. <laughs> Stamp of approval. <laughs> all right, and that's all we got today. It has been a great episode. Thanks for tuning in to Shark Tank Dynasty. We'll get at you. Peace.